And then I wanted to let you know that starting next week, we're going to move into a five-week series on marriage. Uh, About three years ago, I preached a series called From This Day Forward. And in 18 years of preaching here, it's been one of the best-received series that I've ever done. And so we're bringing it back, new and improved, and we're going to do that again uh, starting next week. So if you know people who are struggling in their marriage, invite them, bring them to church with you, get them in here, we can help them. We really, really can. God has a great word for us on this marriage deal, and, and we, can, we can help you. So we're really looking forward to that. But this morning at 6 a.m., we gathered for our last prayer time here today. Many of you have been praying at home. We recognize that. You can't get up here and pray, but you've been praying and fasting with us. And uh, some of us have been food uh, fasting uh, through the 21 days. I'm looking forward this week to eating food I can chew. And uh, I've been on a liquid fast for 21 days, and... Uh, I'm ready for some good Indian food on Tuesday and some good barbecue on Friday, and I'm looking... You know, God is a God who honors fasting. God is also a God who loves feasting, and uh, it's just a matter of balance uh, in your life, and that's one of the things that you learn when you become spiritually healthy is how to balance all that, and so we've also been encouraging you to fast, to fast from the things that harm your spirit, doubt, negativity, and sin to fast from the things that harm your soul, uh, unforgiveness, comparison, worry, and anger, things that harm your body, addictions, debauchery, and sexual immorality. We've been inviting you to to come out from those things, out with the bad, in with the new. I'm a new creation. Old is gone, the new has come, and uh, we're, we're into that. Now, the thing with detoxing is you cannot stay in detox forever. Because it's just too intense. It's just too intense. Uh, Detox is healthy when you do it. Detox becomes unhealthy when you overdo it. And so that's where where that balance aspect uh, comes in. Now, certainly there are some things in your life that you want to detox and you want them gone forever, not just 21 days. You want them gone for good. But once you've done the detox, now the big question becomes, how do you maintain? How do you maintain the purity, the health, the freedom that you've found? How do you maintain it in day 22 and beyond? So I've got a verse for you. It lays out God's plan for us on how to do this. On your notes, on the screen, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, May the God of peace himself make you entirely pure and devoted to God. That's the goal. We want to be entirely pure and devoted to God. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept strong and blameless. Strong and blameless. And I want you to circle a word in that verse, and the word is kept. That's the the key. That's what we need to learn, how to keep Keep it strong, keep it pure, keep devoted, uh, keep it blameless. Because all of us have seen people, we've all seen people who faltered in their faith. We've all seen people who, man, it looked like they had a strong, vibrant, active, living faith. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it fizzles. And maybe they wander far from the Lord, or maybe they just stop coming and doing and being. What, why, why does that happen to us? What, what causes us to, to, to give up and give in? And, and, and today I just want to lay out for you a plan for staying strong and blameless. For how long? It says, until that day when our Lord Jesus comes back again. One of the hopes that we have as believers is Jesus is going to come back and rescue us from this sinful mess that we're living in. 
And the goal is we want to we stay strong and blameless until that day. Jesus warns us, Peter and Paul warn us, the Bible warns us over and over that there are two dangers in the end times. One of those is being deceived by evil. And another one is abandoning your faith. You, know, you need to guard against being deceived and you need to keep your faith strong. How do I do that? How? And so today, I want to just lay out for you, it's a leadership principle, it's a biblical principle of how you can do that. And the principle is the rule of five. The rule of five. And the rule of five is illustrated this way. Suppose you have a, a, a huge tree in your backyard, and the tree becomes diseased and it dies, and now it's, a, it's an eyesore and actually a menace. And so the tree's got to come out. Well, how do you cut that tree down? It's a big job. Well, what if every morning you got up, you grabbed an axe, you walked out to the tree, and you hit that tree, you gave it five whacks with an axe. One, two, three, four, five. And then you lay the axe down, and you go on about your day. And the next day, you get up. You walk out into the yard, you pick up the axe, and you give the tree five whacks with an axe. One, two, three, four, five. And then you go on about your day. And the next day, you get up, you go out into the backyard, you go to the same tree. That's crucial. <laughs> and you give it one, two, three, four, five whacks with an axe. What if you do that every day? What happens? That tree comes down. That tree comes down. You can chop it up. You can get rid of it. That's the rule of five. I, I need to discover in my life what my tree is. I need to discover what is it in my life that needs to come down. What needs to, to come out, be removed. And every day, I do what I need to do to remove it. Now, you can turn it around the other way and say, what in my life needs to be built? And if every day you lay five bricks, every day you nail up five boards, what happens? Eventually, you get it built. But uh, uh, the key is, is that when I do these five things, they need to be the right five things. I need to use the right tool in order to be effective. If I just go out in the yard every day and hit the tree with a baseball bat or a broomstick, all I'm going to do is hurt my hands. Okay? So it's got to be the right tool, and it's got to be done in the right way. And so uh, if I do that, eventually I'll conquer. And, and this is a, it's a biblical principle. It's not just a leadership principle. Look at this verse. It says, an intelligent person aims. Circle the word aims. An intelligent person is intentional. They aim. They plan. They have a goal. They have a strategy. An intelligent person aims at wise action. It's, it's action. You must do something in order to get the results. And what you do must be wise and intentional and aim at a target. A fool starts off in many directions. You know, a fool just runs out in the yard and whacks any old tree with any old thing. You know, hit that tree with a bat, hit that tree with you know, a skillet, hit that tree with a rake. I mean, it's just crazy. It's chaos. So, what's the rule of five? Well, well let, me, let me give you some characteristics of it. First of all, it is... Uh, intentional. Write that down in your notes. You must be intentional. And the word intentional is so crucial in your life. 
You don't live life just thinking, oh, come what may. Whatever happens, happens. No, you, you want to have focus in your life. You want to live life with intention. You want to live life with purpose. Specifically, you want to live life pursuing God's purpose. Because when you discover God's purpose and you pursue it every day, you're going to see results. Now, when I know God's purpose, God's intention, next, I must be practical. Because some of us have great intentions, but we haven't find the right, found the right practice. I mean, you're trying. You're trying really hard, but you're not seeing any progress. Because you're using the wrong tools and you're doing the wrong things. You're not being practical. Third thing about the rule of five is consistency. You must be consistent. And some of you are saying, there's my problem right there. I'm just not consistent. I'm just all over the map. Well, I can help you with that today. The, the, the key to consistency is finding something that's not hard to do. If you want to be consistent, you want to find something that, that is easy for you to do. It doesn't take a lot of time. And, and what I like about the rule of five is you don't have to do it all day. You just do it every day. You don't have to do it all day. You just do it every day. And there are some things that if you just take a few minutes and if you built them into your life and you did it consistently every day, it'd make a huge difference in your life. And that's, that's the next principle, the rule of five, is you expect results. You know, as your pastor, I want you to live the best life possible. God wants you to live the best life possible. God himself promises you, Jesus promises you, a new, eternal, abundant life. That's what he's offering you. That's what he desires for you. How do you get there? You know, we, we, we need to get past the point where we're constantly putting out fires in life and move to the point where we're actually seeing some progress in God making us more and more like Jesus Christ. So what five things, if you do them every day, will keep you uh, uh, pure and devoted and strong and blameless until Jesus Christ comes? What are the five things that will sustain me in day 22 and beyond? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, says this. says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So that's the secret. The secret to being strong and blameless until Jesus comes is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So how do I do that? How do I seek first his kingdom? What does that look like when I do it? And I know you've got a lot of things going on. I know you're trying to make more money. You're trying to get the kids to behave. You're trying to take care of a house. You've got, uh, got, you want to squeeze in a vacation. You've got all these activities. You're, there are all kinds of things that we want to do and, and ought to do and have to do. But Jesus says in the midst of all of that, if we will seek first. Say those two words with me. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness Everything else will fall in place behind it. So what's that look like? What is the intentional, practical, consistent way to get results? Every day, I'm going to do these five things. And some of you will notice right off that these five things are related to your spirit. 
They're not related to your body. They're, they're not physical in nature. And I'll tell you why. Because most of you, your physical life would be better if your spiritual life were better. Because that, that, that's where it starts. The principle is you seek God's kingdom and God's righteousness first. And then that improves the body and the soul aspects of your life. But if you're expending all your effort on the physical, trying to, trying to take care of your body, and you're neglecting your spirit, you, frankly, you're wasting your time. It's not going to work. Now, we need to pay attention to the physical. I need to try and keep myself healthy and fit. My body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. I need my body to do what God wants me to do. But it starts, it starts with your spirit. Because you have a spirit. You are a spiritual being. And your spirit is looking for something. You know, even lost people know that there, there should be a spiritual component in their life. And, and they're looking for something spiritual. That, that's why they wind up believing all the crazy stuff they wind up believing. Because, because we are built in, built into our body and soul is a yearning for there to be a spiritual component to our life. We crave the spiritual and people who don't find their spiritual needs fulfilled through a spiritual rebirth and relationship with Jesus Christ, they're going to try and fill it with all this counterfeit spirituality. All these cults and false religions and, and horoscopes and UFOs and all the fanatical causes. People are driven to those because their spirit, even when their spirit is dead, they're hungering for something spiritual. They just don't know it's Jesus until somebody tells them and they're reborn. And if an unbeliever has a spiritual hunger for spiritual things, imagine how much more a believer hungers for spiritual things. You need, need these things in your life every day. Every day. Yes, there are seasons where we turn up the heat and for 21 days we fast and we pray and we, and we detox. But, but then after that, there's those things that just every day we do them to stay pure and devoted to God and strong and blameless until Jesus comes. So what are they? What are they? I'm going to give you the five. Every day, number one, I must acknowledge and thank God. Intentionally, practically, consistently in a manner that brings results, I must acknowledge and thank God. And this won't even take you a minute. It won't take you a minute, but it is a powerful swing of the axe. Every day to just thank you. Two words, eight letters, thank you. There is no sweeter sound to the ears of God than the sound of gratitude. Romans chapter 1, the, the Bible talks about a, a reprobate generation uh, and it just marches through the decline and fall of a culture. It describes the decline and fall of our culture. I mean, it just lays out the order of our, our demise. And one of the things it says is, they neither worshipped God nor gave Him thanks. You know what's wrong with us today? We don't worship God and give Him thanks. And that's, and that's just, I mean, gratitude changes everything. Look at Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. And, and right in the middle of that verse, circle the two words, the words forever and ever. 
And then right after them, circle the two words, every day. And tie those two together. You know how to exalt and praise and extol God forever and ever? You do it every day. You do it every day. Eternity does not diminish or dismiss the every day. It magnifies it. Because the only way you can do it forever and ever is to do it every day. That's what makes it possible. And so I I just try to thank God every day. First thing when I pop up, first thing when I get out of bed, take my pulse. Okay, got another one. And then I just thank God. I just, just thank you. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice. I'll be glad in it. And I just acknowledge him and and thank him. Just crucial. I heard a story this week about an African king. Had a good friend. And the king and his friend, they went everywhere together. They did everything together. And, And no matter what they did or what happened to them, the king's friend always said, this is good. He just saw the good in everything. And one day they were out hunting and the king fired his gun at a lion and the gun misfired and it blew the king's thumb off. And the first words out of his friend's mouth was, this is good. And the king thought, no it's not. This is bad. And it made him mad and he had his friend thrown in prison. And his friend was in prison for a year. And one day the king went hunting again. He went out alone, went to an area he shouldn't have gone to and he got captured by these cannibals. And they tied him to a stake and they were going to kill him and eat him when one of the cannibals noticed that the king was missing his thumb and they were superstitious. They wouldn't eat anything that wasn't complete, wasn't perfect. Uh, Missing body parts were bad luck. And so they set the king free. And so after the king was released, he's walking back and he thinks, you know, my friend was right. This is good. Okay. And so he went back to the prison and he apologized to his friend and he let him out. He says, I am so sorry that I had you in prison for the past year. And the friend said, this is good. And the king says, why is it good that I've had you in prison for the past year? And the friend said, because if I hadn't been in prison, I would have been with you. <laughs> so every day, you just want to not. Thank you, God. This, this is good. Intentional, practical, consistent. It gets results. Number two, every day you want to talk to God. Every day. And I didn't use the word prayer here because that, that can just carry some baggage. Too, too many th- people think that prayer means to say a formal sentence to a God from England. And, 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 you know, it, it, we, we don't need to pray with a Shakespearean accent. We don't need to put on a pious voice and use thee and thou just every day we need to just talk to God just carry on a conversation with God praise be to the Lord to God our Savior who daily notice this the word daily it's going to be in almost all your verses daily here bears our fancy prayers no daily he bears our burdens and God just wants to hear what's on your heart and and truthfully you can do that in a minute Just, God, this is what's weighing on my heart today. And so I I am just looking to you. I am leaning on you. You know what prayer is? Prayer is our weakness leaning on God's omnipotence. Prayer is our weakness leaning on God's strength. And, And that's what God wants us to do every day. 
And if you're going to do it the, the Jesus way, Jesus had three things that he did that made his prayers intentional, practical, and consistent. So he got results. And so you need to pray the way Jesus did. And first, Jesus had a certain time. He had a certain time when he would talk to God. We find this throughout the Bible. Uh, the psalmist said, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Can you put God on your calendar for five minutes, 15 minutes? Can, can you make an appointment with God and keep it? Some of you just said, there's your takeaway. Write that down. Make an appointment with God and keep it. Just talk with God. It doesn't have to be all day. It just needs to be every day. Next, Jesus had a certain place. Mark 1.35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place. Circle the word place where he prayed. You know, my best praying place is in my car. I love to pray in my car. I'm in there, I'm by myself, and you know, people see me and they probably think I'm singing or they may think I'm a nut talking to myself. But man, I'm just praying. I'm just carrying on a conversation with God. I pray in my Honda because it's biblical. The, the Bible says that the disciples prayed in one accord. Okay? And so wherever it is for you, maybe you need to focus in your prayer life, or maybe you need to go on a prayer expedition, or maybe, you know, whatever you need to do, but you need to find a certain place where you can talk to God every day. And if you find you, just, you haven't had a chance to just unload your burdens on God, maybe just, honey, I'm going to go walk the dog, and you just go find a place where... Where, where you can unload and, and you can just say, God, this, this is my burdens. Or you find a, a, the deck or a porch or easy chair or somewhere. Not all day, every day, every day. You also need a certain plan. You need a plan for your prayers. Why? Because that's what Jesus taught us. You know, when the disciples asked Jesus, he said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And then he gave him the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, it's not, the, not that we say the words of the Lord's Prayer over and over. It's a pattern. It's a plan for prayer that, that, Jesus, uh, that Jesus gave us. And, and many of you have got the, the little Pray First book that we put together. But in here, we've, we've got the Lord's Prayer as a plan for your prayer. We've got the Tabernacle Prayer. It's a plan for your prayer. We've got a personal devotion in Scripture, a plan for your prayer. I mean, I've just found my, my prayer life is just so much more uh, vibrant and effective and practical when, I, when I've got a plan for it. And so it, it makes a huge difference. So we, we've got these back at the table and, and pick one up. Again, you don't have to do it all day, just every day. Trust me, you, you, your life is going to be so much better. You, you, spiritually, life, your life will be so much better. Third thing you need to do every day. Read and submit to God's Word. And both of those words are important. Read and submit to God's Word. I read it, and, and then I don't ask it to conform to my wishes, my agenda. I read it, and then I adjust my life so it matches up with that. You know, the big buzzword in this generation is interpret. Well, how do you interpret that verse? I interpret that verse to mean this. How do you interpret that verse? I don't interpret it. I submit to it. Don't interpret God's word through the lens of your morality. 
Don't interpret God's word through the lens of your experience or your circumstances. Interpret your morality through the lens of God's word. Read it and submit to it. Why? Why? Joshua 1.8 Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Last phrase, read it with me. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You want to be prosperous and successful? This is God's promise. This is my promise. This is God's promise. God says, then you will be prosperous and successful. You read the word every day. Submit to it. Submit to it. It's not the only place the Bible says it. It says it all over the place. Psalm 1 is one I love. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Last phrase, say it with me. Whatever he does prospers. Whatever he does prospers. If you read and submit to God's word. Every day, I just read a little bit of God's word. I just get a verse for the day. God, what do I need to change? What do I need to do today? How do I submit? And I'm chopping with that axe every day. And it brings results. Number four, every day I maintain meaningful relationships. Because like it or not, your spiritual growth, your spiritual health depends on other people. And I know know, some of us, it's just me and Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. Well, let me encourage you. The next time it's just you and Jesus, ask Jesus what his plan is for your spiritual health and growth. And he will tell you that his plan is for you to be involved with other people. Because in his word, over and over and over again, he just lays out for us that we are to be members of the body of Christ. We are to be connected. We are to be in love with and alive with other people in our relationship. I mean, the Bible warns us, don't isolate yourself. Don't forsake the habit of meeting together with other people. But encourage one another daily. As long as it's called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Listen, if you're isolating yourself from the body of Christ, you're putting yourself at risk to be deceived. You're putting yourself at risk for, for sin to harden your heart and for you to fall away from your faith. I mean, the stakes are high, high, high on this one, folks. Don't be deceived. Don't fall away because you weren't connected with other people. Maintain meaningful relationships. And you may say, well, Pastor, I know Rockbrook has small groups, but small groups meet weekly. They meet weekly. Gotcha. No, small groups have a meeting, but small groups are not a meeting. Small groups are are a relationship. I mean, my family has dinner, but we're not dinner. You know, I have a relationship with them that goes on all the time. And and small groups are not a meeting. They have a meeting, but small groups are where you feed and fuel, make, uh, nurture relationships. My wife has, has a little symbol crash thing on her phone. Whenever she gets a text, 
And so you know, we'll, we'll be around all of them, and I'm like, so who's that? And it's a lady in her small group. And, and just all week, just a, a verse, and hey, I prayed for you about this, and will you pray for me about that? And, 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 and just, I mean, there's just an ongoing relationship that flows out of that, that small group connection. Those ladies are just encouraging and building one another up. So they stay strong and blameless till Jesus comes back. You know, our small groups are firing up right now. This would be a great time for you to get into a small group. Don't wait. Get, get into a small group. Get connected with other people and encourage each other every day. Every day until Jesus comes. You're chopping with that axe when you do it. Number five, every day I surrender my life to God. Where does it say that in Scripture? Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 31. Paul says, I die every day. Now, what does that look like? Well, every day, Paul comes before God. He says, God, today, I put to death my selfish attitude. I put to death my opinion, my agenda, my desires. God, I just, I just put it all to death, and, and I want to live a crucified life. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I just surrender my life to God. Uh, look, look at this. Then he, Jesus, said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Daily you take up your cross. That's the rule of five. I surrender my life to God every day. I I want the best possible life for you. I really do. God wants the best possible life for you. And I know, as we lay these out there, that some of you go, well, you know, yeah, Kelly, but... And then you're going to want to lay out a circumstance in your life where you can't do this. Well, yeah, Kelly, but... And, and then there's a circumstance. And I'll just caution you that if, if your spiritual health and growth, if your happiness is going to depend on your circumstances, then you're dead in the water. But if... Every day, in spite of your circumstances, you thank God every day. You talk to God every day. You read and submit to God's Word every day. You maintain meaningful relationships every day if you surrender your life to God every day. God promises you that your life will be better. He promises. Because he's the one who made you. He's the one who designed you. He's the one who gave you your life. He didn't want, he didn't want you living in this chaotic confusion and pain and suffering. No, he wants the best for you. And he lays out for us how we do it. And so the question is, can you make the decision? Can you make the decision right now that you want to live in an intentional, practical, consistent way that gets results? You know, can you just take that dare for the next six days, or better yet, the next 21 days? And, and really, the goal is hopefully you'll do it longer than that. Hopefully, you'll do it every day, forever and ever. Let's pray together. God, I just pray that you give every person here, just give us the courage, God. Give us the courage to, to step into, to lean into the process that you've called us to live out. God, we thank you for the promises that you have in store for us. And so today we just claim them. We step into them. God, help us every day.
to do these five things. And maybe you're here today and you realize, you know, I've never heard this before. I've never understood this before. I didn't know what was going on. I mean, I've I've had this spiritual hunger in my life, but I've been trying to fill it in all the wrong places. And today, this this is your moment. This is your moment right now to, to invite Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of your sin and to heal your wounds to redeem your life out of the pit, to give you new meaning, new purpose, to give you that new, eternal, abundant life that he offers us. Listen, God loves you so much. He desires the best for you. He just invites us to move into it. And so God, today, we come. God, every day, forever and ever, We want to praise and extol and exalt you. In Jesus' name, amen.